Jesus. Uh, so we're excited. First Corinthians chapter six. Uh, I'm, I'm privileged to con, uh, continue the series you've been doing. Uh, am I am I on track here? Thursdays. Uh, well, crazy church. Am I am I am I saying the right thing? Oh, amen. <laughs> Praise God. I never thought a church was crazy. I mean, I know some crazy people in church, but I never really looked at it this way. Praise God. Amen. And uh, but I love this subtitle. Knowing a perfect God in an imperfect church. And I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that although we are not perfect, you are perfecting us, Lord, in your timing, in your will. And you are doing a good work in each and every person here, a work of faith, of growth, of multiplication, Lord, that our lives will increase in all that we do for you. And, Lord, we pray, of course, we pray for the blessings, Lord, but so much we need uh, uh, truth. We need biblical truth in these times when our minds and our hearts are being challenged to believe what is not truth. And so we thank you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as we look at this, um, this series, I love when the series are, are, are uh, already uh, you know, they're already set up, and, but I love how they put together uh, the, the whole chapter. And it's so important we read out of the whole chapter. And so uh, I want to do uh, is cover a few points today out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, you know what? I, I think I need my, my Bible. Can I have my little Bible? You know, my mistake. I got so excited, I put everything but the scriptures. Amen. This one right here? Uh, no, it's a phone. It's a phone, actually. Amen. My bad. Anyways, uh, amen. Thank God I can preach this and say, here, I fit in well here. Praise God. Uh, I want to turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want us to look at uh, what Paul is saying here. Now, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about today, now that the uh, gas prices are, are, are going um, are going up, have gone up, amen. How many, uh, how many know they've gone up? Praise God. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, we got to make our time in church count. Amen. <laughs> we can't. We don't want to spend gas money and just come to church and fall asleep. Amen. And not saying that you do that, but I know how to do that. And I don't want to do that. Praise God. So I want to draw from the word today, from the spoken word, the written word, and the word of truth, which is uh, the word of God. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is referring here to the Corinthians. And, I, and I'm really amazed how uh, some of the ground that he covers is no different uh, what the church may look like today, even though it's modern, even though it's uh, uh, a different time zone. And it's exciting to be in these days, in these days, it's exciting to be involved in the work of God besides being saved. Now, I want you to think about this. In this day and time, today's day, you're sitting in church who would have thought so? You never would have thought that when you came to the Lord. But look at the times. Look at uh, uh, what's going on in our world. And it's for us as believers, we should not be surprised. We should understand that these are the signs of the times. And we should not panic and be scared. We should more increase our faith. But the only way we're going to do that is through the, uh, the word of truth. Amen. And so uh, I want to look at these, the scripture. I'm going to open up with this first part of the scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I, the reason I'm doing this is because 
we're going to find a word here that's very common. And if any of you has a dispute with another, do, do you dare to take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? And let's think about that for a moment because the whole chapter talks about ethics. It talks about uh, 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 being moral, being righteous, and especially um, working on a healthy church. Amen. I start to think about what does a healthy church look like? I know we've heard these words one time or another, but it seems many times that we never get a full description based off what we see in our Christian life, or even our church sometimes. And we, we can easily look at that and feel like, I don't see health. I don't see things that are uh, that good. Uh, sometimes we look, we, all, we always seem to look for sometimes what is wrong, rather more than what is good. And that's the deception, because we have to understand God is still forming us. He's forming us to one day leave these bodies, not so that we can just fill a position and say, okay, you know what? Uh, I, I've done my duty. Now I qualify to fill a position. You see, that's not what the kingdom of God building is at all. But God is working on a people here, and Paul has that understanding. He has the, the mind of God, and he's going to the Corinthians because during those times, listen, Things developed quick. The New Testament was birthed in the book of Acts chapter 2, and then the churches started forming. But we also see many things uh, in, in, in the human effort taking place that set the church sometimes backwards or caused them to come to a standstill. Paul recognizes that. He comes in, and he starts bringing truth. He starts bringing the word. And so, first of all, uh, I want to look at the three things that Paul, uh, well, that we look at here in, in, in church health. First, it's, it's holiness, church holiness. Now, what does that mean? It, it, we know as Christians how to act holy, but there's a difference between acting holy and actually being in the sight of the Lord holy. That's something we'll be working on all our lives. Uh, I don't believe I've ever arrived I believe it's a constant step forward in my life to one day be coming in that place where God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I'm not there yet, which means I'm far from being perfect. I'm far from being holy according to the word of God. But it's an effort. It's, it's a, a step. We strive for it. We don't carry the characteristics of Christ in our human body. We carry it in our faith in what we and how we believe God and how we trust God. Remember, we can't have holiness based on works and good deeds. We cannot have that at all. What that does, it causes us to become more religious and pious. And, and we exalt ourselves when we think we're doing such a great job for God. And yet, it is our very pride that's sinking us. Can somebody say amen? Thank you. Is this thing on? No. Amen. <laughs> I want you to fall asleep. Now, remember, you, you paid a lot of gas to get here. So. <laughs> the second thing is wholeness. And we're going to look at what these words mean and why. Why holiness? Why wholeness? Because, number one, without holiness, no one shall see God. We've got to remember that. Think of that daily rather than accomplishments. And as they were building the church, uh, uh, Praise was being given to God, not by their deeds, but by their faith to see the work of God being built in these times. Now, these were, these were crazy times, too. Think about that. 
These were uh, uh, challenging times for the church as it was developing uh, its new new, uh, testament characteristics. It was developing. And Paul goes in there with the wisdom of God, and he just kind of lays it down. He was like the the godfather of uh, of the disciples type type of way. And yet uh, he was feeding, he was visiting, and he's here, he's in the Corinthian church. The second one is wholeness. What does that mean? And tell you why we need wholeness, because by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are whole. Now, uh, how many want to be whole, amen? But we do. If you're physically sick and you've got phys- medical challenges, just like I do, you want to be physically whole. And it's a struggle, and, and, and it, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you get close, but you never f- feel physically whole. But I want you to know something. In God, he wants us to be completely whole. That depends on our willingness and ability to obey and believe his word. That's all it depends on. It's not a great deed that we have to accomplish. It's not a great mission or something like this. Or we have to complete a certain amount of of works to reach that place. And so we strive, listen, as a church, we will always strive for holiness and wholeness. And this is how we begin becoming a healthy church. Not somebody that's arrived, but someone that is strived to be there. Now, I want to look at what does sound doctrine mean? Amen. What does sound doctrine mean? It's the word of God. It's not a denominational term. It's the word of God in its wholeness, in its fullness, and in its purpose, and the meaning God has intended it to have. Paul says this, before we go on to the other points, he says this. I'm going to jump forward in in 1 Corinthians 9.22. We know the scripture. We've heard this scripture, but let me read it tonight. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. He says, I might save some. See, look at the words he said, that I may save all. No. Was he in a position where he can do that? Yes, he was. He was in a place where he had a large uh, group, and he was always ministering to the churches. But his claim was not to save all, because it's not our responsibility or his to save all. That's what the Lord does. Can somebody say amen? And that's why we have to understand sound doctrine we have to understand what the word is telling us and not get pumped up of something that sounds good or it's misinterpreted and we need to understand that this is what brings a healthy church is to be grounded in sound doctrine and have the truth of the word we might not like the truth of the word all the time because many times it gets under our skin it challenges us it reveals us and and but it brings healing and wholeness when we allow it to do that what it's meant for. Because, you know, once we get healed and, and, and whole, we can't stay that way without the word. It's hard enough to stay that way when we're there in the word, but imagine taking out the, the, the word of God out of our lives, losing track of sound doctrine, and now we're functioning on uh, what we have done, where we have been what we've accomplished. And, and we have nothing that sustains us in the faith. That's why our faith must be constantly challenged for us to grow in it. Amen. We must be, I like what uh, 
um, um, Richard was saying when he speaking of the offering, the, the uh, terminology he used, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, he's talking about a swimming pool, going uh, swimming, and then he talked about giving, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, my spiritual man is saying, give. But my spiritual, my physical man is saying, go, go home and jump in the pool. Amen. Because both, both draw me, both get my attention. But when it comes to things of, uh, when we say things of God, let's clarify what that means. The work of God, the word of God, anything that involves around God. There is no real thing in itself of God. God is not a thing. He didn't create a thing. He created you. You are not a thing. He created this earth for you to live in. That is not a thing. It's a place. Amen. And you are a person that he died for. You have to believe that he died for your sins personally. Because you know what? He's the only one that knows what those sins are. He goes deep. The Holy Spirit goes deep. You know, well, people know the surface of our lives. But they don't know what's deep. The hidden things that the Holy Spirit comes under and grabs hold of and says, you know what? Nobody can see this, but I know it's there, and I'm going to pull this out of you so you can have good health, and you can be whole and healthy and, and experience wholesome, which leads to holiness. There is no holiness in what we do in itself. Our holiness, uh, we strive for that because of God's holiness. But we, uh, uh, my friend, we don't qualify ourselves to be holy by what we do. Now, that's the world's version, and that's where religion uh, will take you, so to speak, and that's why it's attracting, because you can be holy, and then you can be unholy, and you can still jump in the middle when you're done being unholy and say, I want to be holy again, God. See, that's the trap. But God's word, listen, let me just say this. It takes effort to live according to God's word. It'll never be different. It'll never change. Something that good cannot be that cheap and that easy. Everything we try to accomplish in this world, we know what it requires. Whether it's an education, whether it's a position, a job, whatever it is, we know it requires giving something of ourselves. And God's word will not be shorthanded in this area. His word is superior. It is life-giving and it is death-naming. But we choose life. We choose life in Christ. Amen. Paul says, one more time, I, to the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. Uh, and let me stop there. This was not a compromise. Okay? This is not a compromise. What I mean by that is um, when, he, when he said these words that I, I do this to, be, to, to uh, win some, he's not saying I just give in to whatever they want. He's not saying that. He, he, is a, he is a culture changer. Amen. I want to talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? Being, how do we change a culture? Well, I thought about this. I've been preparing this when, when Pastor Danny asked me if I would uh, uh, share this today. How do we change culture? Well, it's really understanding what culture is and what we're looking for and what we hope to accomplish. Paul understood the Jews. He understood the Gentiles. Okay. So if anybody's an, uh, kind of an expert on dealing with culture, he is in, in the sense of terminology. But I want to say this. When it comes to God's word, and according to um, sound doctrine, bylaws, statements of faith are not worth the paper they are printed on, 
when it comes to sound doctrine, without the sound doctrine of the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not even worth the paper it is printed on without sound doctrine, without the righteousness of God's word. We can say we believe in this and we believe in that. It's only on paper. The real test, the real truth of that matter or, or what we believe in or what our bylaws are only is effective in any sense when it comes to having sound doctrine, which is the word of God. Or we can just put those up there. We can put them on our, our, our we can put them public wherever we want to put them. And, and why, do, why do we even do that? Maybe it's so we can draw the right kind of people. Well, let's see what they believe. And, let's, and that'll be, maybe that's why I like the church. It, uh, it shouldn't be, that's why we like a church. It should be because when they went and say, saw the people in Acts chapter 2, they heard the noise. They were drawn to it. Some criticized it, but some were saved. And, and there was a, a spiritual breakthrough there. Amen. And they were in hiding. We haven't been hiding yet, thank God. We're not being physically threatened. And how much more should we appreciate the gathering of the saints? How much more? We want to change culture of the church. We must change our own culture first, our behavior. Our behavior. Now, you gotta, you, you got to realize most of us come out of a, a, a toxic church setting where we are all and there is no more and we are superior and nobody else in this world has anything good to give us of God remember that that's not a healthy culture a healthy culture embraces the people Paul was talking about the people Jesus ministered to minister to it's not just the lame the sick he also ministered to the intellectual he ministered to the uh, uh, the theologian, he ministered to the self-righteous. He ministered to all these people because it's only one gospel that saves all men. We want to change. We have to change how we are. How, how do we change the culture in our church? You know, I remember, I believe it was the last time um, uh, we went to Russia. We did a, uh, uh, it was like a conference and it was called uh, we call it the generate, connecting generation, from generation to generation. And the reason why we did that, because there was uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of young people, and then there was old people. It was, it was almost half and half at that time. And yet we planned that. And the whole idea wasn't to get everybody to like each other's ways. You know, well, I, I like your old people music, and I like your young people music, that kind of thing. Amen. But the reason... Uh, that was done is because we saw the need to connect people in the faith, young and old. The Bible teaches them to respect each other. Remember that. We're, it wasn't a competition where, look at, even though you don't like their music or, or like the way they do things, just go along with it. See, that doesn't create unity. And, and the Bible tells us that we have to have unity. Amen. That's what makes it work. Generation to generation. And so the common denominator is unity, love. Remember that. That's what brings two generations together, not certain ways or not my music versus your music. Well, the first service will play uh, young people's music. The second, you know, we'll play old people's music. And, and, and then, you know, uh, we'll bring a young uh, a whippersnapper to preach. Then we'll get an old fogey like Pastor Daddy here to preach. 
See, that's not, that's not culture change. Amen. It's the word of God brings stability, bringing two cultures together. Both cultures, both age groups have to want and desire the same thing. And that's sound doctrine because that is what makes it work. That's what brings souls. And so somebody can walk in the church and says, you know what, it don't really matter what kind of people are here. I can feel the presence of God, the love of God, and it's not fake. And I can find my place here. This is what we're doing. We're finding our place. I didn't say, you know what, let's sit back. How many young people are? Eh. I like things. I like black coffee. And all I see young people drinking is foo-foo drinks. You know, well, that may be true, but I don't discriminate that. <laughs> or mo, what are those things called, those bubbly, sticky things my daughter drinks? Oh, my gosh, she brings those home all the time. And I go, what are those eggs? She goes, I'm going to bring you one, Dad. And I couldn't even, they're like, what am I chewing? What is it? It's slimy. It reminds me of something else, but not... But, you know, I didn't want to be mean, so I drank it. We are not based on those things. Listen, the, word, the, the spoken word, the living word, brings us an opportunity to become a healthy church. But not in itself. We must seek and desire wholeness through, 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 through healing, and we must seek uh, holiness through the guidance of God's word, accepting what we don't want to eat sometimes. Man, God, you're dealing, really dealing with my sin. You know, I always used to tell the church this. You know, I, you know can I say this here? Am I free? You know, when we, sometimes we'll have communion, and people say, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do communion, you know, because I'm kind of still doing some things or going through my thing. And I don't remember Jesus saying in the scripture, you know what? Oh, you know, if you, if you, if you feel your, rights, your life is all right, then, uh, then, then do communion. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And we don't do it because we're, doing it, it, we're not doing it in remembrance of ourselves. So I don't want to be involved in communion because I'm not really that close to God. You know? And we put all these things on us. Not to, not to say it, it's justified, but we don't consider who it is we're doing it for yeah. in remembrance of Christ. And that's why, you know, uh, uh, something I used to do was say, you know what, I let people know ahead of time when communion is because it's to save you the embarrassment of having to walk up to somebody in the church and just making that an obstacle or an excuse. Fix your business outside. Bring it back to the place of unity and love and forgiveness where Christ is centered. Amen? Now, I'm not doing communion today, but let's look at the points. Now I better get to the points that... Pastor Danny gave me, amen. <laughs> First of all, well, I kind of put a third subtitle on this, from healthy to wholeness to holiness. I want to be healthy because I've, and, and listen, the condition of my health was never the reason of anybody else, regardless of what kind of environment I was in. But the reason we make the wrong choices is because sometimes we choose to believe what's popular or what fits us, what works for our Christianity and who's saying it rather than the true word of God. The true word of God tells us there's no excuse for us. 
And we don't want to live by excuses. Listen, we're in a time right now where God's opened up an opportunity and a whole door for us to start all over in a new way. And that's to follow the word. And, and, and that's to see God opening doors in your life. Listen, God's not, not trying to get you to fit into a ministry. He's trying to get you to fit into his will and his purpose for your life. That's what he's working on in your life. So we need the healthy. We need to be healthy to be wholeness. Excuse me. We need the health to be whole to work on being holy. But again, it's not our own holiness we're trying to achieve. We'll never achieve that in this flesh. Listen to me. We'll never achieve God's version of holiness in this flesh. This flesh loves to do everything that is anti-God. I don't care how long we've been saved. Uh, uh, this flesh loves to sin. This flesh loves to glaze. This flesh loves to gossip. It, it loves to hear. Well, I'm not gossiping, but I'm sure listening, you know. <laughs> Am I the one that's done that? I'm not confessing now. I'm just throwing out a... <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just listening. I'm just hearing what they're saying. I don't know if that's the face you make, but <laughs> amen. So let me get back to Pastor Danny's points. <laughs> A healthy church lives and leads with humility. Le lives and leads with humility. So, you know, again, you know, let me say this. Leading and living when, uh, with humility, you you can't do one and the other only. You can't live with it and, and not lead with it. Our display of humility is not self-preservation. It's laying down our lives for others. For others. When you got that going in your life, you, you worry very less about your own self. That is another scriptural truth. Learning to worry less about yourself and care more for others. You can't do that without living with humility. It's not saying, well, I'm a punchy bag that everybody can kick around and things like that. No, it, it, it shows in our, our lifestyle of Christianity. It's so important, especially in a self-preservation society that we live in today. And uh, me first... You know, everything going on in this world right now is, is believe, I know you believe this, it comes right back to greed. Greed. Everything that's happening comes right back to greed. And we as God's people are not to participate in greed. Now, the flesh wants to. Man, if I could just go by after church and get that one scratcher, I know I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to win this time. Win, 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 win. I even prayed about it, Lord. <laughs> Amen. There you go. And nothing. There are things that God intends you to have in his timing. There are blessings that he intends you to have in his timing. But it's hard to wait for his timing when we can't understand and live and lead in humility. Second thing, a church, a healthy church, is striving, not has to strive, is. We should be in the is part. 
A lot of times we're saying, well, we have to do. Well, I have to get saved again. I have to get baptized in the Lord. I have to, no. You know, if you, re, you look at the word of God real, uh, real clearly to the believer, it's already saying what you should be done or should have done. It's not telling you what you keep needing to do. It's defying how we should be living, not how we should be. And when God comes into our life and changes and forgives us and all the things that we can't change or forget, he washes those things away. That's our open door to glory. So God, if I just step in and put my thinking aside, my mindset, my ways, my, my, my culture, you know, and all this thing, if I put that aside and put you first, I mean put him first, not, well, I'm going to church. That means I'm putting God first. I'm serving. I'm putting God first. That's a cliche. Well, you know, it's good to see you, brother. I'm here, ain't I? I'm putting God first. You know, you're always going to have that. Maybe not here, but it, it exists. Amen. Third is a healthy church teaches God's infallible word. So I, I, I have the hives all day when I got to teach or preach. I'm still nervous. And, uh, but let me tell you something. It doesn't start up here. You know, you don't have to. You can get a better, uh, let's say, you can be effective more teaching down around you. The example of humility. You don't need a title. You don't need to be a leader. You don't need a plaque. They're going to give you one for your car. Hey, put this on your car. Let nobody, special parking place. Man, I parked on, I parked on the third loft over there, man. And I told my wife, are we going to make it back up? <laughs> going to have somebody take us up there in their car. And uh, listen, I know, what I, I know what I'm saying because I've been down this road and I don't know everything. Listen, I have a lot still to learn. A lot. I have not arrived and I won't arrive. It'll always be the goal is to get to that place. I will never arrive in this flesh. Because tomorrow, man, I'll be battling, man. I want to put sugar in my coffee. My body's like... My, my, my good sense says, don't put sugar in there. My, okay, I'll put sweet and low. That's chemicals. Some of you are onto that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's like we gladly drink poison. Lord, I'm coming home. We got to use wisdom. Man, I need wisdom. My wife tells me all the time, you know. Only my wife can talk to me the way she does because she knows me like nobody else does. She always... Uh, step, she always catches what I'm about to do. Always. And uh, anybody else got that? Well, you, hey, man, well, you've been married. I've been 40 years or whatever. You've been married long enough. And uh, some of you guys are younger. You got married and all that. Praise the Lord. Uh, we don't like it when our wives tell us things, but learn to love it. Let it be a love-hate relationship if must, but learn to receive it. Amen. Something my wife tells me, and, and they just irk me. They irk me. And she's such a, a wonderful woman and so sweet. And yet, she says something to me, and it irks me. I need to go to the altar. Anyways, a healthy church teaches God's infallible word. Listen to the word infallible, not a compromised version. Okay, and I'm not talking about different translations, but only the Holy Spirit can give you the true understanding. 
That's why Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit to what? Teach you. Teach you. And if there's any man that ever says, I can teach you better than anybody, you don't want to be taught by him. Trust me, you don't want to be taught by him. See, you know, Paul says, it is the grace of God, I am what I am. That's the kind of man you want. I love Peter. Peter was a radical, amen? I, I love the way Peter was, and he carried on that sword like he was a soldier. And I'm thinking, I'm reading the story about Peter. He wasn't even a soldier. He was a fisherman. Why is he carrying a sword? Just waiting for a fight, man. I don't, you know, I don't hope I don't have to use this, but I'm ready. And when that centurion came after Jesus, uh, theologians say that he wasn't just trying to cut his ear out. He was going for his head. But somehow he moved and he cut his ear off. And that one guy walked around the rest of his life with no ear like this. Probably just praising God that he touched it and put it back on. And then it popped back out. That's a miracle right there, amen. That poor guy. Peter, amen. But he knew the infallible word. If he didn't know the truth and he didn't live the truth, they wouldn't have crucified him upside down. That's a fact. And I'm talking about these were men who paid the price for teaching the infallible word. Now, how far will you and I go? I can say how far I'll go and I can do this and that. But let me tell you something. Until I'm in that place, it is yet to be known. I will not brag and say, oh, yeah, I'm a strong man of God. And, and you know, I've been saved a long time. I've been a missionary, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let me tell you something. It does not work that way. Let me finish here. A healthy church does not control people's lives, but encourage them to honor God according to God's word. Amen. doesn't control people. You can't make people get saved, and you can't make people serve in ministry, and you can't make people give, uh, and, 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 and we can't punish people for what they don't do because God has grace on them. The true day of judgment will come, and that's when Christ will reconsolidate or reject. But it's not our job to play Holy Spirit. Definitely not our job to play Jesus. Amen. But we can teach. How? By our example. I'll tell you something I know that every one of you, this is a fact. If you allow God to work in you individually, speak to you. Say, well, I need to talk to my husband. I need to talk to my, my kids. No, no, to you. And let the Holy Spirit live in you, you're going to find a greater purpose in your life and how God uses you versus what you ever thought. That's a fact. The way he lifts up is not the way we understand, but he does it in a way that's most best for you and his purpose. He doesn't rule you out. It's not, you know, oh, you know, it's my way or the highway. He forms you according to the desires of your heart. You might just want to be a person that can pray and, and see people get saved, and he will fill you with that. The Holy Spirit will do that. But you must have sound doctrine. You must have the Word of God. You can't say, well, let me see, what are the bylaws? Oh, we believe this? Okay, that's what I believe. I remember, you know, my wife can truly Testify to this. I remember we, we were, uh, when we were missionaries, we had a, a woman in the church, and uh, she thought we were about this church. For three years, she was with us. And she goes, what? We're not about this church? I said, what kind of church do you want us to be? That's what we'll be, I said. 
<laughs> will be all things to all men for the sake of seeing her saved. We didn't change our doctrine. We didn't change our ways. Uh, but it, I was partly serious. Whatever, we're any time of church you want us to be that loves God, but, but you're not, a, you know, because some people, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's where the word of God is taught and lived. Um, a healthy church evangelizes the lost. You may not be a bull, uh, what do you call it, bullhorn user, or a, but you have the evangelistic spirit in you as Christ lives in you and the Holy Spirit guides you. You don't have to be a shouter. You ever notice when Jesus casts out spirits, he, you never hear him yelling? He didn't say, in the name of me, come out. And people started wigging and wagging and he, he quietly, quietly come out. It wasn't his loud voice. It was the power in him. He could yell if he wanted. Why? I don't like to yell. Well, sometimes I do. But I yell when I get mad. And it's not anything like God would say, oh, you thought you're doing such a great job. But he said, come out. You know, when, uh, when who was it that saw the small cloud and heard the voice real quietly? Who was it? Uh, Gideon? No, not Gideon. Thank you. Book of Kings, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to, you know, showing how much I don't know up here. But he was looking in the clouds. He was looking in the thunder. But where did he hear the voice? In a small voice in a small cloud. See, we're looking for that loud boom. I got to evangelize with that boom sound. But I'll tell you something. What comes out of here, the volume does not matter. It's what's in here that brings it out. That's an evangelizing church. Amen? It's personal, brother and sister. It's personal. Evangelizing is personal. Finally, two more. A healthy church holds their leaders and pastors accountable. Now, we like that, right? I want to hold you accountable. I want to hold you accountable, pastor or leader. But, but let me say this. We have the right to expect the same from the non-leaders and pastors. We have the right to do that. Not according to what they're doing or what title they're holding, but as Christian conduct, we have that right to expect the same thing. You know what? I'm going to live for God the best I can, but because I need you to be an example in my life, I'm expecting you to do the same. And pastor, don't let us down by doing all these things. And uh, We don't intend to. We don't want to. But don't let us down by, by not doing those things. Does that make sense? See, these are the truths that don't get the amens because we thought, I'm only going to hold you. I don't answer to you, pastor. You don't, but we all answer to God. Remember that. We all answer to God. Accountability is like a stabilizer in our life. You ever, you ever been in a small bowl and you have that ore that you just kind of, you know, guide it behind you, go left, right. It keeps you, you know, keeps your water line straight and these kind of things. That's kind of what that is. Keep us on the straight and narrow path. That's what it's for. Not that, you know, we're to become controlling. We will recover that part. But let me move on. And a healthy church places Jesus in his supreme position as king and messiah. I like that. A healthy church. And we're doing those things. We are, we, without even realizing it, we are seeking wholeness. 
and we are also striving for uh, holiness. Now, if we try to find a book that says, uh, there's a lot of good stuff that gives us how to do it, but that's the thing is doing it. We ever buy a book and you put it down and, and you say, you know, I'm going to read this one of these days. Five years goes by and it's still got the price tag. Man, if I, if I try to buy that book now, good thing I held on to it. Good thing I never read it, but we probably should have read it. Amen? What? three ninety five? Now it's like $25. And you see all that we lost by a book we bought that we can learn something. I, I can learn something out of books. And I use the Word of God as my main book. And that's not a cliche because that's what matters. But there are so many uh, uh, avenues of how to understand what we might not. I always say, if you want to get somewhere, talk to somebody who's done it or, or on their way. And that's how you're going to learn. That's how you learn. And knows what it takes to get there. That's how we learn. By the examples of others. Amen. I want us to stand this evening. Amen. And I talked about earlier... When I talked about, I think this is important that I say this for this body. When it comes to generation to generation, it's not connecting the age gaps, connecting the culture into one, making us all the same. But it's, sound, it's the sound doctrine of the word of God, which, listen, which we all must equally abide by. Every one of us, whether you're younger, older, we must Abide by the same doctrine in the word of God. And that can't be changed. God did not intend for us to alter that with bylaws or statements of faith. My statement of faith truly is the word of God. My bylaws are in the word of God. Yes, we have them as a church. They're there for, for corporate reasons. But the true statement of faith and our bylaws are in God's word. Read them. Study them. Dig at them. Amen. Dig at them. See, I didn't have a chance to go through the whole uh, chapter. That's why I started with the first one. I talked about the unity and the disputes. And listen, we always have those. I get it. I wish I could say they're going to go away, but they'll be those. They'll be those. But I'll tell you what. I heard, I heard a pastor say the winner is the one that comes to the altar first, amen. The one who gets to Christ first, the one who asks for forgiveness first, that's the winner. But everybody wins when forgiveness is extended. And mercy, I, I look at those words and it's like, God, I have to learn what those words really mean. Something that I've tried to get a hold of these last few years is what these really mean because I, I, I didn't know a real mercy. I didn't know a real forgiveness. I knew enough just to fill the quota. I knew enough just to keep from being watched. I knew, enough, I knew enough how to do certain things, but not knowing the real purpose of God's word. And I want to tell you something, church. It is there for us. We have to, we have to desire it. There's times for milk, but let me tell you something. In the days we're living in, we got to start chewing some meat. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pray right now as we do. At the same time, listen, uh, healthy wholeness to holiness. As we, as we do a song, I'm going to just open up the altar for a few minutes. I know we're not used to doing altar calls like traditionally, but all it is is saying, Lord, 
I need, a, I need to grab this today. I need to grab your word. Something's going on in my life. And I came into church just knowing I needed to come to church, but not knowing why. But today, God's word is, is true. We can trust his word. We can trust the Holy Spirit. We can trust Jesus, everything they said. We can trust Paul. We can trust Peter. And we can learn to trust one another when the Holy Spirit is living amongst us.